0: Hey, welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast hosted by me, Sample baronaga Thank you so much for joining me. It's just going to be me and you today. No, no guest. Uh, my wonderful wife, Erin, is uh, out today um, having dinner with her grandfather because she's, she's a great-granddaughter. Um, so it's just me. Uh, I had Nala in the room originally, but she... Um, she was very confused, maybe even perhaps worried as to why I was, uh, talking to myself. You know, she does not yet grasp the idea of a podcast. Um, so she's still working on that. That's, uh, that's our dog, Nala. Um, uh, yeah, so it's just going to be me. Um, and I'm sure the title will be something along the lines of understanding cinema or what is cinema or w- what is the definition of cinema? Um, it, it's kind of been on my mind lately. I don't. I'm sure if you're kind of aware of like pop culture things. Uh, a couple years back, uh, Martin Scorsese was uh, who's a film director. A taxi Driver, that part of the Irishman, King Comedy, um, The Aviator, which actually me and Aaron rewatched the other day. Still a great movie. Uh, Martin Scorsese kind of famously said that he did not think Marvel movies were cinema, and first off, the interview was completely taken out of context. Like, the, if you actually watch the interview, you'll actually understand and see what he means because he explains himself, and I'll I'll do that for him. But essentially, a whole bunch of people we're like, "bah, how, you know, how can you say that it's not cinema and then a whole bunch of like f- so-called film purists. were like, "Ah, they are they are not cinema. This is they are trash as Martin." Sc- and then there's like kind of like the people who just like, you know, are just uh just <laughs> trying to ignore both sides, which is uh, quite funny. And uh, then then there's like the actual people who understand and actually watch the video. 'cause this video was shared. You know how like you'll be on Instagram or like your Google News or Facebook and like it will be like The Guardian or Screen Rant or, you know, uh some you know, some post like a newspaper or, or I guess not even a newspaper, a website, where it's like Martin Scorsese says Marvel films are not cinema and then like most people too <laughs> it's insane how many people just like don't even click on the article because like the article is actually like well he like here's the video here's the everything that he actually said and then you understand what he the point he's trying to make or like some websites will go as far as like not even quoting uh, him or w- whichever situation it is like you know for example Martin score says he thinks all Marvel movies are trash and then you know most people click you know they're doing that to get clicks and then people actually don't like absorb like what the article... Because the, the article actually has to tell truth uh, and show what actually happened. But I guess with their headlines, they can say whatever they want to get a click because that's how they get paid. But essentially, in the video, uh, Martin Scorsese was being interviewed. I think... I, I can't remember what movie he was promoting. It might have been The Irishman. So it might have been like 2019. I want to say... Yeah, that was the last film he did. And... Uh, He essentially said, or the interviewer asked him what his thought process on the Marvel films were, and he was essentially trying to explain that he thought that Marvel movies are akin to a roller coaster ride. Um, Meaning, you know, you go there for fun, they're fun, you know, they have their ups and downs, but you leave being like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And um, I, I personally agree. And uh, he explained that cinema is a movie that has uh, a per- not only a story to tell, but a personal touch to it. And it kind of leaves you with... Um, it doesn't only put an impression on you once you leave the theaters, but it kind of stays with you for a while. And it touches you on an emotional level. Um, and so that's what his, I get, and you know, I would actually go watch the video of him because then you can get a word from word, not just me paraphrasing it, but, (laughs) uh, a lot of people were, you know, mad at him. He, and he even explains that he thinks a lot of these Marvel movies, uh, are well made. Uh, there's actually older interviews of him talking about how he really thought the Nolan, uh, Batman movies were extremely well made and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies uh, were really well made. So a lot of people were thought he was saying, oh, all these movies are garbage and if you like them, then you're stupid, and that's not true. His main concern is that these movies, which are cinema to him, these kind of smaller independent films or even mid-budget films, dramas, uh, thrillers, maybe even some uh, some comedies, um, are not being seen, their box office numbers are lower compared to superhero movies, and now we're kind of seeing a decline in that. Like, <laughs> it is kind of strange to see that, like, back in the early 2000s, like, you had... Like, the X-Men was super successful. Uh, You know, the first couple ones of those were really successful. And then, like, of course, the Spider-Man, the Raimi movies... Um, I don't, and then it, like, like those were like kind of like the flag, ship like movies that you had to go see, that the general public saw, and then like kind of like the Hulk. I don't, Ang Hulk. I don't think did as well. I don't know if I don't know if it was a bomb, but it didn't do it didn't perform as well because at the time Hulk wasn't that popular of a character. Um, like they would have never made like an Aquaman or an Ant Man movie back in those days, and then like. Kind of everything changed with uh, back in 2008. Not only did Iron Man come out, so I was like, "Oh wow!" Like this is not a very well-known character either uh, by the general public, and it uh, did did really well because it was well directed by John Favreau. It had like huge actors in it: uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Bridges, and then it also had the return of Robert Downey Jr. And uh, it did really well at the box office. And then, uh, and also, it had a really good story and great special effects and uh, really cool themes underneath it. And then uh, later in the summer, The Dark Knight came out, which was like, oh, not, this is not only a superhero movie, this is a crime, drama, thriller that is very complex and has a lot of complicated things. And you don't walk out of that thinking, oh my gosh. Like that would a fun roller coaster. You you walk out of that like oh like there's so many layers like like a lot of Nolan movies like you have to rewatch it to kind of pick up on certain things. And even though some people would think The Dark Knight is in a cerebral a cerebral movie like kind of like Inception or Memento, I I, I really do think it is because every time I watch that. That movie, The Dark Knight, which is one of my favorite movies, inspired me to be a filmmaker. You pick up on several different things that you didn't notice before. Uh, I'd love to do a podcast just on that, just me sitting here talking about The Dark Knight, because it is one of my favorite films. Um, Because on top, you know, it's a a fun action movie, and then on the bottom it's like uh, corruption and terrorism and what w- there is no w- w- like what is the gray area, and can we accept that? Um, so anyways, so that those were like huge, and that kind of shifted everything. So you know, it builds up to going back to the Marvel side of things, it kind of builds up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, like Ant-Man, like they make an Ant-Man movie and it like does really well. And then they make, uh, like four Thor movies that all do pretty well. And, um, on the DC uh, side of things, they make an Aquaman movie, which grosses more than a billion dollars. Like who would have thought that? Like Aquaman was the laughing stock. Of, like, Aquaman was always, like, the superhero, like, the butt of the joke when it came to, like, superhero like, nerdy stuff. And so, like, we were kind of in that era from, like, 2016 to 2019 where you could make a movie that, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, that blew up. Like, who, like, we don't, we're not really sure who these characters are. But there were some really well-made, fun superhero movies um, that had heart to it. And then as kind of like... Maybe COVID was a cost to this. I personally think it's like both. But also now these movies are not being super well made. They're kind of like factory produced. Like we have to have this and this and this and this. And and then we ship it off. Like, um, And I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Because I'm not super big into these movies. Like I have not seen the last Black Panther. I've, I've seen only parts of the first one. So I'm kind of behind. I have not seen... The second or third Ant Man, I have not seen. I'm sure there's a. I have not seen. Um, um, I saw the last Spider Man movie, and I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the uh, the animated ones as well. But um, yeah, I know there's more that I'm probably uh, blanking on. But now we're kind of like at the tail end of that, where it's like. These movies aren't doing too well, especially this year is really interesting, like, box office-wise. There's only been one movie to break the billion-dollar marker, and that uh, is the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is also an existing IP. If you look at a top ten, like, box office of this year, it's, like, all existing IPs. And a lot of those in the top ten haven't even broken, like, even or, like, even uh, have made a profit. So, kind of going back to the little cinematic thing, you know, he says that a lot of them are just, you know, uh, there's not a lot of things underneath the main stories of these Marvel movies, and if so, you know, they're somewhat generic. And I do enjoy, like, like I mentioned before, the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. trilogy I love, I uh, for the most part like um, the new Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland. They're not my favorite movies, but I've enjoyed them. Um, but I think Martin Scorsese's point is that a lot of people need to expand their horizons when it comes to cinema. Like still, even after Bong Joon-ho and Parasite won at the Oscars back in 2019, a lot of people are still like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to watch a foreign film. It's like, oh my goodness, you are missing like so many great movies, like, uh, 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 The Japanese have so many just fantastic, interesting, innovative films. And then, uh, like, the old French Wave films are, like, fantastic. And uh, the Korean films are really well made. One of my favorite movies is a Korean movie. Um, "In The Mood for Love. And um, I think, and and, uh, Russian films. Uh, You know, Come and See. And there's some German films. Uh, And so on and so forth. Um, and a lot of people miss out on those, which is really a bummer. Um, so I think his whole point is that people need to expand the horizons because, like, again, back in the day, a lot of these, like, smaller budget, mid-budget movies would make a lot of money. And they would just kind of be, like, simple stories or, or uh, biopics or um, just really intimate stories. And now they've kind of gone downhill because people only want to go to the theater. And it also, it's also true that movie theater prices have gone up. It's really expensive to go see a movie, so people really don't want to take a risk. So I, I can kind of see both sides to it, but it's also like a streaming thing too. A lot of these movies aren't being streamed. A lot of, A lot of the times people just go straight to the blockbusters. Or these existing IPs. Like I can't believe there are 10 Fast and the Furious movies. And I can't believe I've actually never seen one. Now that's not a brag. If you like those movies that's cool. But now personally um, for like what cinema is. Like can like can Martin Scorsese really say oh these Marvel movies aren't cinema. Cinema because there are like there are people that work on these movies. And and, like, for instance, like, these James Gunn's movies that he's done for Marvel, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, a lot of those, like, really do have heart and have, like, deeper themes of, like, family and um, betrayal. And and then you have something on the other side where you have uh, – I usually don't – I don't like critiquing – or commenting on movies in a in a harsh way, but then you have like Thor: Love and Thunder, that fourth movie, and I love like most of those actors, and I really like uh, Taika Waititi's direction in other films like Jojo Rabbit, Hunt for the Wilderness People. Um, and I'm even looking forward to this new movie, The Next Goal Wins, with uh, Michael Fassbender. But uh, it's like that movie was just just a sh- like. It was just like a first draft type film where you're just like, Wow, a lot of this could be cut down. A lot of this isn't funny. A lot of this is in your face. It's just not it's just not well put together. There's no craftsmanship there. So it's kind of a it's kind of a blanket statement, I think, for Scorsese to say that because personally I think he would agree to this. Like cinema is something that is personal to you. And, for example, and I'm not disagreeing with him, you know, he's a genius, and I'm not saying I'm better than him, nowhere close, never will be, no matter how many great films I end up making in my lifetime, wow, I mean, look at his filmography, my word, it's insane, it's it's akin to Nolan's and, and Kubrick's and Spielberg's, where they can make so many different types of movies, it's crazy, but, um... So huge! R- I'd love to work with Scorsese too, uh, and plus his new movie coming out, The Killers of the Flower Moon, or The Killing of the Flower Moon. Like that movie looks fantastic. Go check out uh, both of those trailers. Um, so I was sitting. Uh, I was invited by uh, Princeton Drake, a wonderful actor, to go kind of do like this lesson at his class. Kind of just come in and speak about my own experiences, what uh, how I've learned th- um, through. Uh, my failures and my successes as an actor and so to, we kind of went around the table uh, for everyone to introduce them themselves to me the students and uh, I said you know say your name how you got into acting and then what's your favorite movie because your favorite movie tells a lot about you and so we all go around the room and a lot of people are like oh well, and I am um, and I'm not saying these people are pretentious anyway but they're choosing like great works of art like Jaws a uh, Forest Gump, The Dark Knight, Um, uh, Shaw Redemption, you know, really, Citizen Kane, these classic Godfather, Star Wars, these classic films. And I get to the last person and uh like all these people have said this and this is the last person. And he goes, and he's kind of embarrassed and he goes, My favorite movie is Blade Three. And so in my mind, I was like, I instantly saw, like, the comedic timing there. So I was, like, not laughing at him, but trying not to laugh. I was just like, that's just funny. And I could see in his face he was embarrassed about it because he goes, well, and, you know, I know it's not the w- most well-made film, but it's a film that, it's a movie that I really like because it's very nostalgic for me, and it's a movie me and my dad watched a lot. And, well, that was, is that not cinema, then? It's it's not a very well-reviewed movie. I don't think it did very well at the box office. But, but I mean, if, ah, does that matter if, if someone enjoys it and has memories with their dad or their mom or their friend or their brother or their sister? So that... that and I know all of this, like, there's so many more things going on in this world that's more important. But uh, I've just been really, you know, I'm a big film guy, obviously, and I want to make films, and I want to tell stories that uh, connect people. I, I don't want to push away the audience. I always want to connect the audience Well, and the things I make, whether it be a, a comedy or or a uh, drama. Um, I just, I... Th- I i I think cinema is just is what what's personal to you and what kind of... Because I have movies like that too, where they're not very well made if I go back and watch them now, I don't think they're great, but a lot of them I grew up watching with my dad sitting on the couch or he'd take me to the theater, and I like those movies a lot, even if they're not you know extremely well made because I have those memories, and I feel like the essence right there is like cinema um. But at the same time, I think when filmmakers set out, and a lot of the times it's not the director's fault, it's the people above them saying, well, you're not going to get paid unless you do it the way we say. Because they're trying to hit like all these demographics or things they need to say to trend on social media or uh, think what what's hot right now, like what people will laugh at because they're not really in touch but they think they are. Those I think are like crass and not cinema. And like, but how do you differentiate that? I can't say that word differentiate that from like all these other things. And I think that's just like a subjective thing because all art is subjective. But that being said, uh, I really, really don't like. You know, I used to go on like before. I'd like watch a movie, like when I was in middle school or high school. Like I'd go on like uh, Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. You know, all these like film critic aggregate sites that kind of like uh, push all these reviews together and then have like a score. Instead of viewing that as like a uh, oh, this is like an eight out of ten or a ninety percent, I think you should start looking at those. And I think this is the way they're intended to be. Like. If you see like a twenty percent out of a hundred percent on a movie, I instead of saying, Oh, that's like a two out of ten, maybe view it like, oh, there's a twenty percent chance I'll like this movie. And maybe that's maybe I'm missing that, maybe people already know that. But um also I just think I think radio I think Writing a review about a movie. And putting a number on it. And I know that they have to put a number on it. Otherwise they won't get clicks. If they don't put a number on it. They won't get clicks. I'm sure there's a bunch of critics that don't want to do that. But they have to. I think putting a number on a movie. After you've seen it once. And you have to write. You you have to like rush to your computer to write it as fast as you can. So you're the first clicked on. And so you can be at the top of the Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes thing. I think that's just so silly. Because... As we see time and time again, there's people who say, oh, this movie is, you know, either great, and then it's like, ah, well, it was was good, it was not great, or it's really bad, and so they say it's, oh, it's terrible, and it's like, over a certain amount of years, that, that person's opinion might change about the movie. Maybe not drastically, but I'm sure there are people out there that have watched a movie and then years later have come to either love or hate it. Um,. <laughs> I hope this is interesting. This is just all my thoughts. Uh I hope this is interesting for people. I, I think it is. I think it might be interesting for people who are kind of passionate about, about film and I also don't like it when people say, Oh, this movie this movie sucks 'cause like I said, films can be very personal and and but I mean that's the beauty of uh films and making them. You know, um people there, it's escapism, you know, people sit down and watch a two-hour movie because they don't want to have to think about what's going on in their life. They can escape into this new world, or they sit down because they want to cry or laugh or feel goosebumps or feel scared. Um, And, t- and television, too. I'm not excluding television when I say film. I mean um, all types of, of uh, visual mediums. Because um, there's a lot of TV shows that just have like affected my life um, in that way where I've learned a lot about uh, filmmaking and how to shoot something and how to edit something and how, how to even uh, capture a moment that maybe you won't pick up on the first time. So, yeah, I I feel like I'd like to do more of these podcasts where I'm by myself kind of talking about maybe a film or several films kind of uh, not in necessarily a, a critical way, but more in this like kind of the way I'm doing now where it's let's explore it. Let's explore openly. Um, and, I, and I think that's a lot better than just saying, oh, well, uh, this worked and this didn't work and blah, 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 blah. Like I was listening to this podcast earlier today, and they were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is funny. This is where I kind of I kinda got that name from. And, yes, I know that there are other movies titled Once Upon a Time in the West or Once Upon a Time in New York, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they were saying, oh, well, it's like on my lower side of Quentin Tarantino. I just think he uh, – it's really slow and boring and, uh, like, um, yeah, it's just too long. It's just too long. I'm just like, well, they, they, they need to go. Like, what? Like, just saying a movie is boring. Like, is not good film criticism. If you're gonna critique a film, like, go, like, look at, like, and and make a podcast revolved around that. Like, go, like, read and watch, like, Roger Ebert and uh, and Siskel. I talk about movies. Like, it's kind of. I wish we kind of had. And there are some like YouTubers that I've I've kept up with that are very like along the same page. Uh, Chris Stuckman's a pretty good one that I, that I watch. I haven't watched any of stuff in a long time, but he used to rank movies. I don't think he puts a number on movies anymore. Um, kind of for the same reason I just said, at least he wasn't doing that anymore. I don't know if he's gone back to that. I haven't watched him in a long time, but, um, I definitely should. Uh, his videos were fun to watch, but, um, I think he's an aspiring filmmaker too. So go check out his stuff. Um, I think I don't know what he's making. <laughs> I hope it's good stuff. But uh Uh yeah. Um I'd like to do more of these and then also have a guest and I also have Aaron on. When I told Aaron I was doing a podcast, she was like, "Oh, man, without me?" I was like, "I know. I, I love doing it with you cuz I I really do think uh and yes, I know we're husband and wife, but I think we also have good on-air uh, uh chemistry. A lot of couples wouldn't even though they have good chemistry off, you know. The microphone or a camera or whatever. Um, so, yeah, uh, other than that, I'm sure there's more things I want to say, but I'm going to kind of move on to another subject really quick quickly, which is the Screen Actors Guild has joined the WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America, and Strike. Uh, not only have we joined them for their cause, but uh, we're also kind of... And I'm a SAG member, uh, so I thought this was important to talk about because... Uh, I see a lot of um, uh, SAG members uh, on Instagram and Facebook sharing that we're on strike, and uh, I think it's important to say as as a SAG member, I'm 100 uh, percent in support of the strike. I think that we should. Um, it's ridiculous what these these uh, large companies want to do. They essentially want to uh, almost essentially downsize actors. Like they have so many AI proposals, and um, and there's just and they want to pay us less essentially. And a lot of people think when they think of actors, they think of the A-listers who have all this money. But no, this these are people who like do uh you know these are people that you would look on TV and say I know that guy or I've seen that person before. That go from TV show to TV show, commercial to commercial, movie to movie. The, the non-names, and I would be a non-name, you know. That uh, they're trying to pay these people less, and that's that's not okay. Um, the average SAG member, I think, only makes fourteen grand a year, and uh, just doing acting. Of course, most of us have other jobs. Like I have another job, and I have friends that <laughs> you you probably do know uh and other tv and film that probably wouldn't think they have jobs but besides acting but they do because they have families that they have to support or just supporting themselves because it's expensive to live nowadays i mean the cost of living is uh has continued to increase but uh i don't you know i usually don't like getting too political or anything like that but i'm 100 percent supportive of the not only the actors but also the writers because i'm an aspiring writer as well and uh, I just hope all of this goes away because I'm ready to get back on set again. Uh, but I know that's not the uh, that's not the most important thing. I want all these uh, people to um, be paid what they should be paid, 100%. As far as the writers go, their pay has, I think, decreased like almost 40% or something like that since the last strike. And then fact check that, though. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I believe that's what I read last time. Um, and... Uh, a lot of these bigger companies are saying, oh, like, we'll just use AI to write episodes and, and movies. And it's that's just so greedy and just so wrong because, like, cinema comes from human experiences, not like a robot who compiles everything together and churns it out. It's just disgusting. Um, so, yeah, but uh, another topic, the Emmys – uh, all the nominations were announced. My favorite show of all time racked up eight nominations. Better Call Saul, uh, Bob Unkirk, Ray C. Horn received nominations. Uh, I really thought Carol Burnett was a shoo-in for uh, guest actor or supporting actress. Uh, I thought even Brian Cranston might get nominated for guest actor. Uh, I was also nominated for writing for two episodes. And then uh, I sound like I worked for the show. But um, I was really proud to see that because that's like one of my favorite shows. It's really inspired me a lot as an actor and a filmmaker. I highly, If you are in this field, I highly recommend to watch this show. And as you watch each episode, go and listen to the Better Call Saul podcast because it's not just fans uh, talking about the show. It is the editor uh, and the creators, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold. And whichever actor they have on, or other person on the set they have on, discussing how they made that episode, it is a plethora of information. It is so vital, and I learned a lot from listening to it. I plan on when I rewatch it again, I'll I'll probably go back. My voice cracked. <laughs> I'll probably go back and um, uh, listen to the podcast as well again because I learned a lot. So definitely go check that out. I saw Succession wrapped up wrapped up a lot of nominations. I uh, haven't watched that yet, but I've heard it's really good. The Last of Us, I uh, haven't watched that either, but I played the video game back in the day, uh, and then some other shows that there's so much TV shows like it's like oh my gosh! And then like me and Aaron, we sit down, and we're like, ah, oh, what are we gonna watch? And then we just watch The Office or Arrested Development, or you know, uh, mainly those two. I'll definitely more so The Office, just because it is just like. Oh my word, Steve Carell, I don't think he ever won an Emmy for his performances, Michael Scott. That is one of the best performances of anything ever. It's just so inspirational how committed, how devoted this man was to that role. And the supporting cast around him, of course, like enhances the performance. But Steve Carell, I would love to work with him. I just, I would love to meet him someday. Uh, I i would especially love to work with him, but he's such a talent and all the writers on that show me and Aaron were talking about it the other day. There's like people who think they're cool because they don't like The Office. They're like, "Ah, I don't like it. It's not funny." It's like you admit, like they'll watch like the first episode and be like, "Ah, I don't like it. It's cringy." I'm people you and I know are again. It, you know, comedy subjective, but it is the funniest show. It's so funny. It's just like I am. Like I've seen this show like ten times, maybe more. I watched it when it first aired and then rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And it makes me laugh so loud. Like, it is just, oh, I just don't get, people who don't, who act like they're cool, you're not cool, by the way. Uh, go watch the show. Give it a shot. And, like, don't watch it with a thorn in your side. Like, I'm going to watch it. And I'm not going to laugh. Like, want to laugh, and it will make you laugh. Like, oh, uh, Rain Wilson, John Krasinski, Jenna Fisher. Uh, All the supporting cast. I mean, it's just so, so, so good. Uh, But, yeah, um, besides that, Aaron and I, we've been watching some movies. We watched Jaws the other day. I'm sure me and her, I think we're going to do a podcast Sunday. We'll probably talk about that, and that probably won't be released till next week. I want to try to be more uh, consistent with this podcast because... uh, and I feel like maybe the rain, you know, there was kind of like we're kind of maybe falling off. where podcasts are really popular. Everyone has them. Um, but I really want to be consistent with this because I want to look back one day and kind of listen to these. You know, it's that may seem strange, but kind of I want to see how I've changed as a person because it's almost like doing a video diary almost, but... Uh, it will be fun to go back to these and like maybe our kids will listen to them one day and be like, "Oh, that was mom and dad." Like they're talking about movies and like being funny. I don't know who knows. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, but yeah, th- that was pretty much the podcast. Um, it's definitely a short one. Me and Aaron will be doing maybe one like an hour hour long one, uh, soon. Uh, thank you for listening. Please support the podcast by uh, subscribing to my YouTube channel. And if you listen, excuse me, man, I'm sorry. I had a big burrito, and I'm, like, burping. I hope that didn't go into the mic. Um, (laughs) To support the podcast, go on, uh, if you're on Spotify, please uh, rank it uh, five out of five stars. That would mean a lot to me. Um, Please support the podcast, if you want, by clicking on uh used to be called anchor now it's spotify for podcasters i think it's the same thing where if you wanted to drop some money i'm not asking for money but if you want to to support the podcast like feel free to uh or the best way to do that is just share it and tell people about it um because i do have one ad running on here uh so that 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 helps when people actually listen to it um because i'd like to do this I'd love to do this as a full-time thing, you know, acting and uh, filmmaking and podcasting. And I can't really do that right now. Uh, But that's, that's the goal. And uh, for those who have continued to listen, thank you so much. Uh, It's so crazy to see uh, just me talking to my wife about movies gets like some views. And uh, I hope this one gets a lot too. Uh, I know I'm being very sentimental right now, but uh, I hope you enjoy uh, kind of my mindset. I know this was kind of more of a serious one more than not really serious. Cause it's just movies. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just talking about watching something where people play pretend, but at the same time, it is more than that. And, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and I will catch you. Well, I won't catch you. Uh, you will be listening to the next one. Um, yeah. And I don't, I won't know if you're listening or not, honestly. um, you know, ending a podcast is very hard because it's all improv, right? You don't have a written down ending, so you'll say something and then you'll be like, "Well, I can't end there? That's not a strong enough ending but uh <laughs> my voice is so hoarse. Uh, this is why I like having guests because they I get them to talk I get to rest while they talk, but uh um yeah, uh thank you so much for listening. Go watch a fun movie, share it with your friends and family. And um, go watch Oppenheimer, Barbie, Mission Impossible, uh, and Sound of Freedom uh, at the movie theaters. We need to get these numbers up at the movie theaters, Uh, otherwise theaters won't be open anymore. That's scary. It's kind of scary. COVID was kind of scary. I thought for a second theaters might not exist. They may not exist in a couple years, but I want them to keep going while I'm alive, so... Uh yeah, thanks for listening. Uh <laughs> and God bless. Ciao.